Hey everyone, welcome to Disrupting Our Practice. I'm Shannon Patterson. And I'm Greg Flynn. This podcast is for white-bodied leadership and organization development consultants, facilitators, coaches, and trainers. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to the exploration of how we practitioners can disrupt our practices. Those practices where we are unwittingly perpetuating racism, oppression, and harm. And it's all in service to being able to co-create a culture of equity, justice, and healing. So we live in a world that truly works for everyone. Thanks for joining us as we work to disrupt our practice. Hey, Shannon. Another week, another podcast. Look at us. I know. I know we're on a roll. We're definitely on a roll, which I think, I think I've said that almost every episode. I need to start tracking that. I think that's good. I guess I continue to be fascinated and encouraged by the energy we both have for mm -hmm. this. Cause you and I have certainly started a lot of things together. And so this just has energy for us and I trust that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I'd agree. All right, so today we were just talking about what we would talk about, which is understanding, <laughs> that's a big term, I don't know that I'm totally understanding, but understanding, grappling with, um, continually understanding my role as a white-bodied person um, in the work of anti-racism, anti-oppression, and then making that even more specific, especially in organization development, leadership development, you know, where I'm frequently in spaces where I'm at the front of the room mm -hmm. um, and with another facilitator. And so we're holding space and, you know, what's our role in that space? If it's a mixed space and it seems like harm is starting to happen. Um, yeah. So that, yeah. all that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just the, just the light, <laughs> light topic there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, but you want to you want to check in first. Yeah, I think that's always good. Yeah, I think I, we we talked about um, using a a rosebud thorn um, check in. Do you want to do you want to share a rosebud and or a thorn? Sure thing, and also a check in on capacity. Just that sense mm -hmm. of like how much gas do we have in the tank? Um, mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. about that, especially as facilitating, like if we were going in to hold space, it'd be good for me to know like how you were doing and for you to know how I'm doing. And um, I'm not a top capacity today, like on a mm. scale of one to 10, I'd say, you know, six ish, mm. um, <laughs> you know, so I'd have to do some breathing and centering if, if things started to get way more complicated. Uh, yeah. And I think that just has to do with <clears throat> maybe that's the, the thorn of you know, having a difficult client conversation earlier this week where, mm -hmm. you know, I felt like I named some things that of course I always go to, I didn't name it well enough. Like somehow it's my fault. So there's always mm. that, but also name some things, um, you know, to a leadership team that made them uncomfortable mm -hmm. about their own leadership. And so it's just a thorn in my side for all sorts of reasons. And mm -hmm. some of the things that got said, I'm like, really? can't believe we're talking about that or that's the starting point of kind of your leadership stance. Um, mm -hmm. It's frustrating. makes me sad too. Uh, so that's my thorn. Uh, I think my, my rose is continuing to just have space in my, my practice and my work to be thinking about what matters and 
where am I going and who am I going with? Mm. Um, kind of mm-hmm. in all the ways. I feel like I have great colleagues to circle, but what's it mean for my client? Mm-hmm. My client, who is my client? And um, I think that kind of dovetails into the bud. Like I have some thoughts germinating. I think this podcast is a bud, um, mm-hmm. you know, and just, I don't know. How do I help people who actually want to do the work? Mm-hmm. So we're starting from a place of like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's me. Thanks for listening to all that. It was good to say. And I'm curious to hear like where your capacity is today and yeah. your rosebud thorn. Yeah, thanks, Shannon. I yeah, I would say my capacity is a little higher. Like, you know, I'm I'm not at a at a full tank either, but just because I'm a little bit tired, I'm noticing. And part of the reason I'm a little bit tired, I think, is because when I left the house this morning, I left my tea on the counter mm. and I hadn't had any of it yet. And so Uh-oh. yeah. Um so I'm about an eight, I would say. But so I'm, you know, I'm feeling pretty, uh, competent, <laughs> capable, <laughs> but definitely, definitely uh, a couple notches below full tank. Um, yeah, I, I'm actually going to skip the thorn for the moment. Cause I'm like, what is a thorn? Um, so I, that's probably a good sign in a lot of ways to not be able to go right to that. Yeah. Um, I would say the rose, you know, like I, I think the rose right in this moment is, is two retreats, right? So like, our retreat that we have coming up in a couple of weeks, um, which by the time this airs will have been a while ago. And then another retreat that I'm leading at the end of October um, that I'm going to be helping lead. And so there's just a lot, I've got a lot of excitement for those and there's just a lot of, it's just, it just feels really good to, to be doing that, that mm-hmm. kind of work um, in addition to this. And, and I would, you know, for the buds, I would agree. I would agree. This is a bud. I'm working on another podcast project that's a bud. Oh, I, also the other Rose thing was is having gotten to be on uh, Meg Gluckman's podcast. That was really a lot of fun and getting that out there and getting some good feedback and it's feeling good. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of creativity, creative stuff going on that feels really, really good right now. Um, let's see, I mean, Thorn, I think, is probably just you know, some family stuff that we're still navigating at home, I think is the, um, you know, there's just some health, the health things that are happening within our family system that, mm. um, you know, is, is, uh, is a little tricky and, um, yeah, it takes, takes a fair amount of emotional and psychic energy. So yeah, I'll leave it there. Glad to be here. Um, glad you're here. Love hearing about your creativity. Yeah. Thanks. It's feeling really good right now. That's um, great. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to this, you know, like this question of what does it mean to really be in an inquiry? I think we're, I think we're often as white bodied folks in a, I know I am like in a, you know, as a white cis hetero male, I on, uh, often wonder like, what is my actual role when it mm-hmm. comes to anti-oppression work, given the fact that so much oppression happens at the hands of people who look like me and even, you know, have probably expressed behaviors and engaged in behaviors that um, are oppressive, you know? And so like the question of like, what's my role? And then, then like as you said, the more specific question of as a, as a facilitator and somebody who's doing this work in organizations, what do I do? You know, what can I do if either something goes sideways or there's some opportunity um, 
especially in a mixed space. It's, you know, it's definitely a question I wrestle with pretty much all the time. Yeah, I do too these days. Um, makes me think about how often there's kind of two different pieces to this. You just said a mixed space, you know, there are white identified folks and um, people of color. Um, and, but also I think about the times when I'm working with higher levels of leadership, which frequently put us into an all white space. Yeah. And there's still a role there too about what it is I can be trying to make visible or disrupt around, you know, racism and oppression that continues to occur under the surface or directly on the surface of the choices that are being made. So I think about, I think about both of those things uh, quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even if that means um, naming (laughs) that you were in an all white space, you know, and, and noticing the places because we, we do end up in one of the things, I mean, I remember you, you said this recently, and I remember if it was one of these episodes, if it was just in another conversation we were in, and you said something along the lines of, as OD practitioners, we often end up pretty close to power, mm-hmm. you know, um, because we are we are facilitating work that's happening within the leadership realms of an organization, which is oftentimes in between the the like the um, whatever the purpose of the organization is, you know, whatever their their output is. It's you know, it's kind of like in the I don't know. <laughs> what's coming to mind is like in the fascia of the organization, you know, and uh, fascia, I guess is how you say it. And, um, and so we are oftentimes in places where there are conversations happening that aren't necessarily noticing that what they're talking about is actually going to have either have an impact or is impacting people directly. Yeah. I mean, I just think about the ways that you know, but the power stays located in one place or one kind of group of people or, you know, who's included and not included. I think that starts to come up quite a bit. Um, But I actually think I'm going to change the direction of this conversation for just a minute away from kind of that sort of stuff into kind of the really uh, tactile experience of being in a mixed space. And so I'm thinking of a recent engagement that I was on and it was a primarily uh, white bodied uh, group of facilitators working with quite a diverse organization. And, um, you know, a participant had made an observation about something about a role play uh, that made them uncomfortable. Mm. And, um, you know, it was a, a woman of color and, you know, just watching the team, respond to that person, you know, that person had said something in the chat and then someone on the team said, well, we'll talk about it in the small group. And I don't know what happened at other small groups because there were many, but when we came back together as a, as a coach team, you know, to debrief that, um, just sort of noticing the stories that were being told about, you know, of course it was that person who said something, she always says something and, you know, she was projecting, um, mm-hmm. her own, in, her own, it wasn't insecurities. She was projecting her discomfort and like mm. all of the ways that she was being in my mind discounted. And so in mm. that moment, you know, I felt my heart start to pound and I'm like, I'm going to have to say something, mm-hmm. you know, in a place where 
that wasn't an open topic, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, saying something about, well, that wasn't my experience because that woman had, was actually in my group. So I, I was mm -hmm. like, well, I didn't, she was very level-headed and none of those things that you're saying. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so thinking about my role there of, of, um, you know, speaking up on behalf of, of, of people of color and disrupting narratives and stories that get told not only from white folks, but I think, you know, where our, our D minds go, you know, like they're projecting or, you know, mm -hmm. they were uncomfortable or, you know, whatever the stories are in our, in our field, that there are some things there that just felt familiar. So, mm. and it was, it was a uh, horribly uncomfortable um, mm -hmm. for quite a few weeks after mm -hmm. that. I don't know that our group ever fully recovered. Um, mm -hmm. So it's just interesting. I'll stop there and see like what that's making you think of, but I just sort of wanted to ground that in a. Yeah, no, I really, I appreciate you doing that. And I think, cause I think it's a, it's a great example of um, it's a, it's, you know, it's a, a practical example of, um, of this sort of thing. And especially in different the different contexts, right? Because there's the context of being in the in the group you're facilitating, and then there's the context of being part of a team and stepping out of that and um, and to naming. I think if I'm right, it's not a it's still it's still a mixed group, right? It's not an all white. Oh team. yeah, so that coaching group it was white women, except there was one black man in the group, you know. And so then to say that there was that added complexity of right. And then mm -hmm. I'm wondering like, oh, I, you know, here's a, here I am as a white person speaking on behalf of all people of color and just noticing like that happening at the same right. time. Yeah. And like, you know, I, yeah. it was very our, difficult. Our tendency towards like some kind of um, essentialism, right? Or like sort of some kind of, um, yeah, uh, to to speak towards a whole, um, towards a, for, a whole, for a whole group and in some ways, um, feeling there's a there's a kind of a comfort in that right the the idea of like as white-bodied folks we have been kind of conditioned to whatever our, you know we're, we tend to be able to, to speak freely in that way what i find myself wondering about is um if you'd be willing to slow the experience down a little bit sure because um, i think that that moment you the moment of oh i'm gonna have to say something mm. um isn't necessarily like you know it's like it's I don't think that that's always the thing. It's not always like, oh, I have to say something, but it's probably actually um, rec um, a recognizable moment for most of us of, um, oh, shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, what do I do? Like, yes. you know, and, and then how do I do it in a way that, you know, and or so- Or is it my you, place to do anything? Right. So can you talk a little bit about what was, what, like, what was, if you slowed that moment down, if you can reconnect to it, what, it, what was going on inside of you? Like what, you, like, even if you can remember what you noticed your body doing and then what kept you or what helped you be, stay present enough to take a step, even if you knew or didn't know what that step was, was going to be. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, I mean, my heart just started pounding. Um, and I think the only, not the only thing, but one thing that kept me grounded is I had, you know, the 
the benefit of having had that person who spoke up in the chat was in my group. And so I was able to directly hear from them about what was making them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I, so I had a sense of both her energy in it and, you know, emotionality Mm -hmm. and how like reactive or triggered she was being. And even that's interesting. Like, let's slow that down right there. You know, like that place Mm -hmm. where we can judge is like, oh, well, she was triggered, you know, as if that makes the whole thing dismissible, um, which it's not. And she wasn't. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I think what helped me speak up in that case was, was having direct information from somebody. And I had asked her also, I'm like, here's what I wrote down. Can I bring this back to the group? Can I say it in this way? Is this representing what you're saying to me? Mm-hmm. Um, so you checked in. Yeah. So I checked in and yeah, so that, that felt mm-hmm. clear and it felt like it was clear that I, because sometimes I get in a tangle of like, am I saying something for my own benefit? Like that gets mm-hmm. really Mm-hmm. tangly like oh i'm gonna be the competent woke you know person or whatever mm-hmm. and so i guess what helped me is i felt so connected to the person and what was important to them my understanding of the many layers of what she had said just from doing my own work that i think helped me stay grounded and be able mm-hmm. to to speak to what she was experiencing herself and then there was some larger thematic things that were happening in that role play that were, mm-hmm. you know, in the larger collective uh, that were being represented there kind of in a stereotypical, worse than stereotypical way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was a mix. I mean, guys, I'm talking, I'm thinking, feeling, thinking <laughs> that that's mm-hmm. often, um, what's been helpful is like having the analytical lens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I can like sort through the many things that are going on. Having practiced that gives my body some capacity to have like a beating heart. I mean, you and I, when I started this work, I couldn't find words pretty much mm-hmm. 90% of the time. Totally. Around yeah. this work. Um, so I think those are the, it's the practice like uh is it uh reverend angel i mean just the the term like get your reps in um Mm -hmm. so working in in white-bodied spaces and support in mixed spaces to just get the reps in of the feelings of things yeah yeah supported by some cognitive understanding of the dynamics that are happening Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And feeling supported. I knew there were a couple people in that room that I had enough relationship with and that knew me that mm-hmm. that felt good. So having some mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not sure if I answered your question, but that's no, all yeah, that was no, happening in great. me before yeah. and during, after it was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Can you say more about the after being really hard? Um. Yeah, I think, I mean, I had, I had clearly named some things and then the, the black man in the group said, well, as the person of color in the group, you know, let me say that is 
so true or that I've had that experience. And he got mm. very, um, you know, tears came to his eyes and that was not something that happened to him often. And so mm. I think we were all left feeling various stages of unresolved and caring for one another and unsure how to care for one another. And uh, I had less relationship with the people involved in the role play. And so one of those relationships I don't think was repaired and will not be mm. despite efforts. And so there was just a lot of like, where's the, who do I reach for? How do I reach for them? You know, do I, especially with, um, the black man, African heritage man in the group, like, was it me, me, do I reach out, you know, or do I let him reach out? Cause I didn't want him to feel like he had to comfort me. Mm -hmm. Right. It was my work to do my, to do that mm -hmm. for myself and get support where I needed it. And so I didn't want to be labor for him mm -hmm. and have to make it all okay for me. Um, so we had a very simple exchange, uh, so yeah, there's just a lot of complexity on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. On the other side of that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for bringing all of that forward, Shannon. Because I mm -hmm. think you know it, it brings in a lot of a lot of things that I mean, you know, we'll all be in different sorts of situations and different kinds of experiences, and this is just one. But it, I think you're highlighting a lot of things like you know, you can see, you can hear in that um, certain elements of the characteristics of white supremacy culture, mm. um, you know, present. And, and then I think you know, one of the things we were talking about before. What are a couple of those just so like that would help me and probably others listening, like what characteristics pop out for you? Um, I think, you know, the, there's, there's one way, one right way comes mm. up for me. Um, and, you know, the, the idea of like, um, the projection, like say people saying, you know, it's projection or I, I, like it involves, like, I can imagine there being a little defensiveness under, mm -hmm. you know, in presence, um, not necessarily being just kind of in the conversation with a whole lot of curiosity, but like mm. as soon as whiteness or the element of something that's being, we're starting to actually get into the realm of talking about, um, race or a oppression oppressive systems or whatever is we those the, you know there's this suddenly there's like a less of a willingness and we're kind of looking for ways of deflecting yeah the fear of but, open conflict for sure you know which is yeah. ironic because it was a team of coaches and people who are specialized in you know working on difficult conversations but i think it right. also highlights as you're talking about like the importance of the reps because mm -hmm. you got the as soon as the charge of race comes in like it's a whole, it's a whole different thing. I think the other thing I just want to be clear about is like, I was not very skillful <laughs> in mm. some ways. I especially, you know, I, there are ways I feel like I could have extended more care to uh, the white woman in particular. And I was so focused on not doing that. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. I really did not take care of her. I mean, you know, I don't mean take care of it in a healthy way, but like I did not provide her any context. I think two or three mm -hmm. sentences of like, you know, I, I will talk about this offline. I just want to hear from 
make sure that, you know, so anyway, mm -hmm. I just, there was anyway, very complicated, but back to your point of like, you know, but I think, I think that, 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 so I think that, that you're, you're pointing to something that's important to look at because there, there is a tendency. I think that there is a tendency to overemphasize the comfort uh, and care of white bodied folks, especially white women in, yep. in, in some of these sorts of dynamics. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the problems we hear. We hear that from folks, right? We hear that from people of color and, you know, other facilitators, trainers and, you know, people who've done training with and whatnot. Um, and so, but that doesn't mean that the, that the antidote to that is to not like care at all. Or right. I feel like I care. fell on, I fell on the yeah, but but this is but what you're bringing up is the I think the importance of like the reach and the miss the messiness of this the so one of the How things perfectionism we were grabs hold of us like you're saying one right way well this is also what I was going to say is like before we were on before we hopped on the record we were talking about how as professionals and a lot of I mean I'm I'm not one you are the person with an MSOD um, you're a professional. Well, I'm a professional, but I don't have an MSOD. Yes, okay. <laughs> That's what I was saying. It's like I'm not an MSOD, right? But you, you are. Um, I yes, I'm a professional. But like as in so, I mean, I would imagine, especially you know, when you've gone and done the MSOD program at Pepperdine or wherever you do it, um, we want to, like, we in some ways pride ourselves on our, you know, our competence in front of the room, our capacities, like to be seen as a professional, to be seen as somebody when we're standing in front of the room and we're holding space, yeah. we, in a, in a lot of ways, we need to be seen that way. We, it, it's important that the people who are in the room with us are, feel comfortable, feel safe, feel, you know, like, okay, this person has my back. This person can hold this conversation. All of that's important. And when this stuff jumps in the mix, and it lights up all of the parts of us that are like, I don't know what the hell to do right now. Right. I have no idea. And I don't know how to do it in a way. If I, if I go down path A, I end up comforting this white woman. If I go down path B, I don't even know it's down path B, you know? Right. And, like, and then there's no, maybe there aren't even any more options than that. Other, you know, when in reality there are, but we can't necessarily see that. And so it becomes super messy and, and even though we may be really good at holding messy spaces when we're talking about certain things, chances are as white bodied folks, we are not very good at holding it when race gets in the mix. Mm -hmm. And um, that's probably an understatement. And so the question becomes like, how do we, and, and I don't think, I don't think that our, our point here in the next like four or five minutes is to answer the question. Right. But I think it's the question of like, how do we get, how do we get better at that? Not like, how do we get, you know, like how do we become just as competent at, at holding that conversation as we are maybe holding a, you know, a, a more typical, not more typical, but like a, a um, the kind of conflict conversation that maybe we're getting hired to more often. Um, and, and so one of the things I love about your story is you actually, it actually highlights the messiness of it. And even though there's no perfect resolution to it and there's no, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, rainbows and unicorns by any stretch of the imagination, it's still a great example of like, like doing the work, you know, which is also making mistakes. Yeah. You know, and I'm looking at our, our kind of entry question, which is like, what is my role as a white bodied person? And 
what is my role as a white bodied OD practitioner? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think especially when this is, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, everything is so highlighted right now. And and I think being raised by more people more often, like we're gonna bump into it mm-hmm. as facilitators, you know, and there's a ton of like for folks who do this all the time in the DEI space, there's a, there's a ton of skillfulness and knowledge and all of that that goes, goes into their role. And then like, what is my, I don't know, my, (laughs) I have to do something. I guess that's my, my bias now is I feel like all white bodied OD practitioners as use of self, self as instrument need to be doing enough understanding so that when they're in a mixed space, they can, well, not perpetuate harm and design and facilitation, but also respond to things happening in the moment in a way that, that reduces harm. And, and, um, you know, at the very, at the very least reduces harm, stops harm as messy as that might be, but to not, Mm -hmm. to not, be silent. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. I guess that's my full circle attempt. <laughs> you know me. I do like coherence. <laughs> how, do we, <laughs> how do we wrap it all up as if that's even possible? But yeah. Like, well, I think that's the thing is what, I, what was just coming to mind for me was that like the thing to leave everybody with in this conversation is the question. And I think it's not a question that gets answered in a satisfying way that we then move on with, but we, we hold the, you know, it's like, hopefully it's a question we're carrying into every room. You know, what is really my role here? What is, what, you know, how can I, how can I help reduce harm? And, you know, how do I, and that, that looks probably lots of different ways, but probably one of our, one of our roles is to do our work. Yes. You know, I remember you were saying like a colleague of yours saying how many um, uh, BIPOC colleagues had come to her and said, you need to get all your OD practitioner, your white OD practitioner friends together and do your work. Yeah. You know, and so that's, that's one of our, one of our roles here is to do, is to do that. And um, I'm sure that there, there are people listening to this going like, what does that mean? I don't know what to do. Like I, where do, what does that even mean? And it's funny. I remember hearing a, a podcast conversation between uh, Resma Menachem and Robin D'Angelo, you know, mm-hmm. who's the, the author of White Fragility and a couple other books. And she said, um, the question I always ask white folks who say, I don't know what to do is, you know, how do you think you get so far in life without knowing what to do? Yeah. Um, and which is an interesting question um, to sit with. And um you know, it's a real, it's a real thing, but there's, there's lots of, lots of places to start. No doubt. I like what you said too. It's just an on, it changes all the time. What is mm-hmm. my role? Um, mm-hmm. And to carry that, that question with us and get our reps in and do our work and find community and practice and mess up and mm-hmm. do all the things. So I hope, I hope our conversation today was helpful and Slightly unsatisfying. Slightly unsatisfying. <laughs> yeah. So I think that I think that feels like a good place to probably wrap up this podcast, do you think? Yeah, I would agree. 
um, you know, if, if folks are, are interesting, are interested in, um, I know they're interesting for sure. They're definitely, folks are definitely interesting. (laughs) If they're interested in connecting more about this or sharing, you know, where would they, where would they do that, Shannon? Oh, well, they could email us, which is Shannon at connectionworks.com or Greg at connectionworks.com. Can certainly find us in all the places, LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. Go to our website, connectionworks.com. Can read about our programs, Understanding Whiteness, too. Mm-hmm. If there's a, like, what does this work mean? What are y'all talking about? Um, because we'd love to hear from you. I mean, we really, questions, comments, you know me, questions, comments, suggestions, complaints, mm-hmm. <laughs> feedback. Yes. Uh, we sure as heck don't have it all figured out. Uh, that's what no we're way. we're here to be in this with you. So yes. uh, jump in and be in be in it with us. I'd even go so far as to say if you have a question that you want us to wrestle with Ooh. here, yes, um, send it over to us, and um, yeah, maybe we'll wrestle with it. Yeah, love getting questions. Cool. Great. All right, Greg. So till next week. Till next time. Thanks, Shannon. Great to see you. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Bye.